you know what actually you the crowd yesterday and we haven't played rugby in front of a home crowd in, in two years Babe and Parsons got a girl a, a mother handed a child to her and said here I named my child after you wow, wow. Like, that's amazing this is The Front Row brought to you by The 42 in partnership with Guinness Hello and you're very welcome to The Front Row, the 42's brand new rugby podcast made in partnership with Guinness. I'm Sean Burke, host of the show and owner of a copy of Rugby Union for Dummies. Joining me again this week is The 42's very own rugby writer extraordinaire, Murray Kinsella. Murray, thanks for joining us. How are you? Your rugby education, I think, is coming along nicely. Thanks. Yeah, you've been excellent teachers, I have to say. I've learned a lot in the past few weeks, so uh, I hope I've impressed you guys. I'm uh, thoroughly impressed. Happy to help. Uh, Murray, there's been a lot of talk about your name over the course of this podcast um we're just yeah. interested about it but i i was playing around with it did you know an anagram of your name is lanky semi-rural <laughs> do you think that's a fair description it actually works you yeah. did just say you were from waterford i'm from waterford i am and you live rather lanky <laughs> and you were quite tall yeah that's very good yeah yeah so i know it checks out one, one of mine is a. Uh, Bear nukes, but you know, that doesn't really sum me up too much. Also rejoining us is Ireland's very own Emer Considine, who after yesterday's game was probably thinking, I can't wait to discuss this in great detail with a comedian and rugby journalist. <laughs> Emer, thanks for joining us. I know, I'm so pretty excited to be here today. <laughs> no, I, well, we can I hear am. it in your voice. <laughs> no, I absolutely am, thank you. And the clock's going back didn't help either today. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Bring it, make it a little bit closer. Yeah. Just can't wait to get there. Uh, and now, and later on in the show as well, we're going to be joined by yet another Ireland international, Hannah O'Connor. So we'll be looking forward to that. But Emer. You're the best person to talk about this. I mean, you must be feeling pretty disappointed after yesterday's rule. Yeah, look, we are very disappointed. Like you go out back in those three home games as your wins and to go out first without a win and come away with without a win is just really disappointing. Look, there was glimpses of good stuff, but ultimately it doesn't matter how well you play, how many score tries you score mm -hmm. and how lovely your tries looked if you don't actually win it at the end of the day. And there was some really good stuff which is the positive to take from it and um, it's just such a turnaround on last year's game like we beat them was it 47 mm -hmm. nil over in Wales last year and like we just wiped them off the pitch and they've done so much to get to where they need to be right now and they've 12 or is it 14 full-time contracts or retainer contracts so you know you can see the difference of the professionalism already coming into that Welsh team they were up for it they were missing quite a few girls last year due to the sevens um, fixtures as well so they didn't have their full team on top of you know if difficulties with their management team and all that went on so look they've really changed it around in a year and fair play to them unfortunately we were the ones who came out on the other end of that and you know we, we, we didn't obviously get the win there but look mm -hmm. we have plenty to build on I'm impressed you turned up as well to be honest <laughs> what is in the night after a game like that like are you just sitting stewing over it or are you together as a group how does it work yeah do you know what it was actually lovely even though we lost in the past sometimes you'd go your separate ways hang out with the people that you want to hang out with and mm -hmm. kind of you know you didn't want to look at anyone really but it was actually lovely last night that it was we we won like we lost together as a group and everyone stuck together as a group mm -hmm. Yeah, which has been really different in the past Um like even though we lost we were disappointed but there was still so much optimism in the group and there was and I'm not just saying that now like on a, on a podcast to be really positive to the media but like it honestly was really different and into changing and yeah we were disappointed but you know what actually you the crowd yesterday and we haven't played rugby in front of a home crowd in, in two years 
And since that time, we've got an independent window as a, as a women's squad, which has raised the visibility and the promotion of the game. And you stepped off the field and these little girls and boys were looking for your photos and autographs mm. and they did not care that you lost that game. Like mm -hmm. they genuinely did not care that you lost the game. They were just so proud. They were so happy to get your sign a jersey, sign their hands. Babe and Parsons got a girl, a, a mother handed a child to her and said, here, I named my child after you. Wow. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Like that's so when you when you step off the field and you're after losing and like I got to see my family after a game which I haven't in so long, um, you're kind of like it doesn't like it, it. The wins matter. The wins really really matter. But then there's more to it. There's there's the crowd. There's the inspiring the next generation. There's the crowd of people that were there cheering for you, win, lose or draw, and. It, I think that that fed into our optimism mm. as well that we're like there's so much more than there's so much more in us there's so much more in the future there's so much more here for women's rugby um, and I think you know we know that this is the start of something really good it genuinely is and I think that's why there was so much optimism last night we all regrouped together after the game after meeting our parents after meeting our families and friends and, and all those little girls outside mm. and they travelled from all over you were chatting to them and asked them where do they come from and to even hear little seven eight year old girls saying I came from Buccaneers Rugby Club where I came from different rugby clubs that like, they have such opportunities that we never had when we were growing mm -hmm. up mm -hmm. um, we went back to the hotel afterwards and we all just watched the game back and mm -hmm. um, obviously there was the first cap presentations and a few of the girls zoomed in as well from that weren't on the squad just to see those cap presentations and of course there's the usual sing song of the first caps have to do a, yeah. a song in front of that ritual. so there's the usual rituals yeah mm -hmm. which was nice too um, anyone do well oh, and anyone sing well yeah, Greg actually can put on a show, to be honest. He's very good. So you make the management do it as well, even though they claimed that, that it wasn't their first cap. But we're like, no, it's all new again. So you're starting from scratch. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was lovely. It was really, yeah. really good. That's, yeah. And it was a nice day in that regard. Mm -hmm. And like an attendance record for, for a standalone women's game in Ireland, which is absolute class. The, the support threat was unbelievable. All the shots into the crowd were amazing of young girls, you know, at some of the, the play, like the attacking side of things it'll always take a bit to click and there was obviously turnovers conceded but I could see some of that shape you're trying to play towards new attacking system and the interplay for the tries was outstanding obviously mm -hmm. you're actually the kind of starting point for, for the first two tries where they, they kick out you, you go back at them some brilliant stuff uh, from, the, from the back three linking up but also the way the forwards combined with the, the backs was outstanding when you've got someone like Sam Monaghan throwing offloads Sammy like Will Sammy, Sammy Bill, Bill Monaghan oh she did it twice in a row it's unbelievable yeah. and Linda like Linda's just nobody's going to stop her like she's kind of our secret weapon but she's like the worst kept secret in the world <laughs> like she's, um, she's always guaranteed to try you mentioned the coach Greg uh, and we're going to hear his take on the game you know the yellow card in the last 10 minutes was tough because you saw that in their last try our defence got very uh, got very cold uh, and very soft um, yeah there's learnings for me you know like you know, you always, as a coach, look back and see what you've done dip things differently. There's certain things I'd like to have done differently. I think our defensive shape was good. I think our energy to get back in the game, defend. You know, we defended for such long periods of time. It does take it out of a team. And I felt that their bench came on and added real strength and an impact. Um, and we couldn't cope with it. But again, like everything else now, as a, as a coaching group and as a player group, we got to own that performance as well. Uh, so impressed and, and proud of, of uh, the, you know, everything from the crowd to the day that we had was fantastic. But we all need to be collectively better. And um, you know, I, I think we need to be smart about how we're going to do that this week in preparation for France. What specific things are you looking to change after that first game? You can't finish the game with 14 players and then like the last 15 minutes, as you said, like I got that yellow. Um, 
but it was a res- as a result like our, like every, everyone's like it was r- ridiculous you got the yellow card for not rolling away and I was like well it wasn't for not rolling it was it was, it was a team um, yellow card because she had literally the shoe and mm-hmm. the you can hear it on the on the TV camera yeah. she literally spoke to the referee right before the ref gave me that yellow yeah. mm. about our penalty count so like it was fresh in the ref's head and to be honest I was pretty smart to shoe and as well just to keep mm-hmm. keep it yeah. in keep the seed in her head about you know looks um, ma'am that they're they're constantly not rolling away and she just when you plant that seed mm-hmm. it's in the referee's head you have to do something about it so smart and she was quite forceful with it as well it was quite a almost an aggressive tone and, and you're right it, mm. it did come for the from the next penalty a little bit harsh though I thought even that specific instance where you were actually making a I big actually effort really, there. Yeah, because there was other yeah. incidents through the game where people weren't making as much of an effort they were just lying there like I really mm. really was trying to get out of there but again we just should have I suppose recognised that I wasn't out of there um, it was harsh enough and it was outside the 22 but look it was a, it, I know it was a team penalty but like they managed to score two tries in that period of time which it just killed mm. us, you know, and, mm. and and the impact that their bench had plus down, like we were after losing Lucy to HIA. So you have a centre moved out to the wing. You've lost your fullback in a new system. It's just, you know, it'll come with time. But it was there was probably quite a few adjustments in that as well um, with you know, yeah. 15 and then a midfield scrum, always difficult to defend. Yeah, I was going to mention the, the use of the bench and that was really interesting because that change kind of rejigged a couple of different areas of the team and, and you're wondering, could it have been more simple? Um, simply use use of the bench and, and also the fact that two of the front rows didn't get on. Um, obviously, Neve Jones and Ninden Jugong were playing brilliant rugby and outstanding. Their defensive efforts, getting on the ball as well. The jackal threat from Neve was unbelievable. But you want to use every part of your bench. Hannah only got a short stint as well when maybe with a 15, 20 minute spell, she could have impacted and, and helped in that final quarter when, when Wales were getting over the top of Ireland, probably. So that'll be one for the coaching staff going forward, I think, to look at the use of the, the bench and getting the right impact at the, the right times of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greg McWilliams mentioned it after the game that, that Cunningham, the, the Welsh coach, had maybe got up, one up on him in that regard. He also spoke, as we're going to hear now, about trying to close that gap with a massive challenge to come against France. Well, first, you break down the footage that we have. Uh, you make sure they come up with a, with, with a plan. Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious that uh, there's ways of counteracting them all, whether that's how you set up uh, from the line out or whether it's the actions as soon as, uh, as the, the jumper hits the deck. But there's certainly areas that we'll work on around our mall defence. We, we, we have to. Those are those areas that, that was exposed. I think in the scrum as well, we'll continue to work on our scrum. I think there's been some really good uh, sessions being done by Rob. I think the scrum is going the right direction. Um, and, you know, I think you just want to get hold of the ball a bit more and, and hold on to it for longer periods because we're trying to play a fast pace. They slowed it down a little bit. Um, and we need to just be a bit more assertive into holding on to the ball and playing the way that we want to play in attack. But really proud about what we did defensively. Yeah, that mall area is going to be massive because we know the French are powerful and cohesive and organised in that area. And I think the Irish forwards looking back on it will be disappointed with maybe some of the decision making around that. The first mall try, they go up in the air and it's left with a seven on two against um, the two Irish forwards at the back of the line out. So instantly they get momentum into that. Another occasion, they look for a kind of sack and they don't get it and then there's a couple of forwards just upright in that mole and it's very hard to, to defend against so definitely France will be looking at that a couple of those scrum penalties that have um, I suppose enjoyed watching that and they'll be looking to, to put the foot down there so it's going to be a massive test for the Irish forwards given that physicality was such a prominent part of the final quarter in credit to Wales we have to give them their, their due credit they looked physically fitter stronger and the bench made an impact they had some strips in the tackle turnovers there and then the set piece was really powerful as well so that's a, an area mm-hmm. to, to keep an eye on So Emer, after 
the match yesterday. What was what was Greg's main focus? I mean, what what can you improve in the short term? It's always on us and it's focusing on us and getting like if we get our breakdown right, if we get our mall defense correctly, well then the rest will work and it'll it'll set itself. So we probably it, the the process won't change and that we still need to focus on what we do. So I think the main focus this week will probably be working on the breakdown. Um, and working on our discipline and keeping our penalty count down. Um, I'm sure Hannah will chat more about the forwards and how they probably aim to counteract that French mall. Mm-hmm. Um, she's one of the key leaders in the lineout, so she definitely will have the inside scoop as to, without giving away too many secrets, how we're going to stop the French <laughs> at the weekend. Um, but yeah, I think it's just focusing on us with our breakdown and with our penalty count because when we had the ball, like yeah. we were lightning. Like you've got Amy Lee, Lucy Mulhall on either wing. Baven to come off the bench like it's just we needed more of it we needed and we needed mm-hmm. to retain the ball so like we're, if we're working on our breakdown we'll mm-hmm. have the ball more we'll keep the ball more um, and trying to match France physically is what we we'll want to do because we had some really good carries we had some really good dominant hits and I've no doubt that we're going to match them physically yeah. it's just about mm-hmm. how we retain the ball against them because they will look like I said to hit our mall they will look to target our set piece and they will look to target us at the breakdown mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to say, I'm excited though to see the rest of the matches. And it's a different, uh, it's it's a strange feeling knowing someone personally who's playing in a match on TV for me. I it know. was like extra dramatic, I gotta say. <laughs> I know. I'm glad. Thank you. And uh, every time my mom came into the room, I was like, oh, it's just Emer there. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just me, mate. All right, we'll be back after this brief intermission. Stay tuned. We're going to be chatting to Ireland and Leinster starlet, and more importantly, Emer Considine's Ireland roommate, Hannah O'Connor. This is the front row. Brought to you by The 42 in partnership with Guinness. Welcome back, folks. And we are very pleased to now be joined by Ireland Rugby International, Hannah O'Connor. Emer and Hannah, right, your teammates, roommates, podcast mates. So I suppose the most important question for this section is, Emer, what's Hannah like as a roommate? I actually didn't even know we were going to be roommates until... I got her for the podcast before I even realised that we're going to be yeah. roommates. And then I was like, woohoo, you're going to be so sick of me. <laughs> <laughs> there was rumours that she's a very early riser, which are put to bed. Horrid rumours, yes. Bed. That's Laura Feely setting those rumours, saying that I wake up at like half six and throw on Ireland AM. Ireland AM. <laughs> no, there was none Lies. of that this time around. That yeah. was really good. We actually got great night's sleep as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and great tanning routines as well. So yes. she did my back and I did her back. Like, mm. just, yeah. So these are the things. Roommate goals. Really yeah. And the girls kept joking that she kept coming down with her face makeup on they're like you'd know you're hanging out with Emer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying, trying to keep up with her so yeah no we were definitely influenced by all your habits but no it was good yeah we helped each other out in that regard so no it was good no bad stories no yeah good sleep no early rising late talking yeah late talking Rubbish. last night we were up we were up yeah, last yeah. Night. yeah. What, the standard post game caffeine hits watching the match was it still yeah. on the buzz yeah just rewatch it yeah chat about it yeah it didn't Talk get any better death. second time round no yeah yeah, yeah. no but uh, no it's good yeah I'll give you a good solid 8 out of 10 Thanks. roommate Thanks. always room for improvements yeah so. <laughs> tanning is a pre-match routine is that how it works yeah. again influenced by her there's like, like there's Stacey Float on the salon so Stacey's like nails salon and mm-hmm. Tricky does yeah, the, the Adele McMahon is Tricky she does the plats you do good nails. she does a good plat too that's always a positive you do yeah I try plats. not to tell people okay so don't tell anyone on yeah. a podcast yeah. that I do here. <laughs> not even not do plats for anybody who's looking good. It's like a core crew that I just keep yeah, it The tanning, we're, we're essentially like a Dulux colour count. Yeah, <laughs> the whole range. Yeah, yeah, you could line us up and we're literally like, someone has not. Yeah. You know that game when you're trying to do team bonding and you're trying to go in order of height 
and for like the first team to get there like if mm. we did like honestly we you would do a tan yeah a tan color card start to finish yeah we would we would have you might be down the bottom sean yeah probably yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like the palest yeah, end of yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> time. I'm almost translucent in the winter months <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. um but uh hannah you're a teacher as well right? yeah primary yeah. school teacher in lucan yeah that's my day job what are the kids like with the rugby are they asking you loads of questions are they giving you feedback what are they like yeah yours are a bit older mine mm. I suppose I'm teaching six class at the moment so about like 11 and 12 mm-hmm. so yeah I tried to they're good to be fair they're interested in women in sport and kind of women's sport in general and everything that's gone on the last few years between the Olympics and everything else and the hockey team doing great and I suppose I try to keep them as interested as possible by offering homework passes up for so tomorrow we'll <laughs> yes. go to school and it'll be three questions and if you can get two out of the three questions right you get a homework pass so <laughs> they'll come in with their notes they might know everything and I said Emer's always a good one they throw out I'm like name one of the try scores in the Irish women's game at the weekend and they'll always try out an Emer just or a Baven to make sure if they yeah. didn't know they'll always punt on that one but no it keeps them interested in stuff like that but they are interested to be fair and it's pretty cool and kind of give them that insight into things and kind of the, the teammate side of things and kind of the bonding that you get from doing sports and kind of keeping them in sports and stuff like that because obviously mm-hmm. Emer you teach PE so you'd be kind of big and keeping them in sport as they grow older and like that would be a big a big thing of mine as well that they do something that they enjoy and stuff like that so I suppose chatting to them about what we do kind of lets them know that like you make friends for life and kind of the, the benefits of it mm-hmm. outside of just the sport itself so yeah no it's really good they're, they are interested to be fair so it's, a, it's always a good buzz to I actually mm-hmm. caught two or three of my girls on camera as well yesterday with yeah. the RT or the Virgin got them the crowd and there was a few of the girls that I teach in the crowd which is lovely nice. to see as well mm-hmm. yeah. yes they do listen sometimes yeah, sometimes <laughs> they think I'm just dossing obviously uh, you must be just as disappointed after yesterday's result is yeah. it what is it like I mean the team camaraderie after a defeat like that how does it help to have each other to just bounce off yeah like obviously it didn't go the way we wanted it to go obviously we're targeting these home matches as the ones we want to be winning you know it's, I suppose it's a game of two halves really you know first half some real good positives to take from that and the building that we had done and you know going in at half time with that lead you know we felt in a good place second half then I just suppose some key things let us down um, but yeah like it's it's a long tournament like you know it's the first game of the Six Nations so you know you you build like you do your review rewatch, kind of decompress I suppose a little bit from it and then go, go straight back to it again and you build mm-hmm. like you can't let it get kind of get you down too much because you know you kind of seep in but no the, the culture and the squad and the, the vibe with the girls like we went to Sea Point this morning for like recovery swim together and like the, mm-hmm. the vibe is good like everybody is kind of the bounce back from it is good and that's the only way you can be like if you're to bounce back and take the learnings from it and go again like so yeah we're looking forward already heads kind of screwed on again for mm-hmm. next week and the Six Nations of... is kind of a it's so bing bang boom that it's literally like you we literally have tomorrow and Tuesday, Tuesday to chill away from the squad mm-hmm. and whoever is selected will be back in on Wednesday Yeah. so like, you don't have time to feel sorry for yourself because no. like you're feeling sorry for yourself going in against France that's not, not the way you're going to prepare and go yeah. into it Yeah. so as much as you want to feel sorry for yourself about the loss there's still four more big games um, it's a flick that's of a nice really, the nature, isn't it? it's the nature of Six Nations that you yeah. can completely right the wrongs that you did mm-hmm. su- super quick Yeah. which is a good thing yeah that's it Like it's literally a flick of a switch you move on to the next one next goal learnings positives and go go yeah. in like and roll with it like yeah you must have been chomping at the bit yesterday I know you, you got on for, for a couple of minutes just at the at end just at the end but, yeah but yeah you looking forward to getting yeah like you obviously want to get a little yeah. bit more time it's just the nature of sometimes the way the games mm-hmm. go and you're kind of you, you always prepare for for 80 as uh, you know when you're on the bench even you don't know what's going to happen whether it's warm up or anything after that so you kind of prepare your best for that um, yeah obviously hope to be involved again you know maybe next week and see as Emer said like whoever gets selected will be in again from Wednesday and just hopefully go from there and do our review anyway and your kind of your review and preview as best you can and be ready for if you're mm-hmm. called upon then to hopefully do a job so yeah yeah and your form has been brilliant like a 
goose stepping, place kicking, back row. <laughs> There's not too many of them. No, <laughs> goose stepping, not so much. I have got a story to tell about a goose this step. Goose stepping, I don't even throw me under the bus here. <laughs> goose stepping, I'm now on a strict ban from any form of goose stepping. I wouldn't be renowned for it at all. Okay. And uh, I think it was this probably this time last no probably this time last year we were in training and skill session skill session low, low, low OP low, low intensity uh, no contact mm-hmm. no need for gum shield you're not going to like because you're literally just yeah. hands on then back away but I decided that it would be a fantastic idea to have a little bit of a mess try channel my inner Quade Cooper and <laughs> do a little step now it was the slowest step probably <laughs> in history watching it back on the review so I went literally got the ball step left come back across right in slow motion mm-hmm. having watched it back in my head it was happening really quickly managed to absolutely <laughs> smash my nose off one of the girl's shoulders oh. like yeah Mount Vesuvius oh no yeah, fantastic broke no. her nose she was so thick yeah I was so I was I, I was literally had only myself to blame I had to go into the physio room and she sit there for about 20 minutes waiting and he's like has it stopped yet and I'm like no literally and then I went into the bathroom and as such was like I went in and I looked at it and such was like the Mm. My my nose was literally across my face. I was like, I can't wait. As I literally, as I said to you, I literally came in and I had to just go. I had to just get my hands on and just like shove it back oh. in. I literally did the first. I could not, you know, and you just know. I could feel it was literally out that way and back in again. So yes, that's my goose stepping history. It's not something that I would be carrying on. So yeah, every time I get the ball, it's like don't goose step, no steps, so no steps. Stick to the kicking. Stick to the kicking. Yeah, the kicking yeah. so far isn't too bad. So I'll stick to that. Hopefully, uh, that keeps me out of trouble. Doesn't less injury to my face. You did way. a good job of the nose. Yeah, it was yeah. fine. Yeah, initially. <laughs> me and you the same you've had your you've had your fair share yeah. of it as well Matt, Matt put my or Dr. Matt put it back in the last game of Six Nations Italy. last year Italy. oh it was yeah. brutal yeah Ouch. the noises yeah it was it was it was funny it was it wasn't funny but it was funny yeah. I came off the pitch and I was like Matt will my nose be straight for my wedding and he was like oh. <laughs> I just kept saying because this is after mine I was like whatever you do just make sure he, he, he straightens it like no matter how sore it is I like, just make sure he gets his hands on and straightens it out feels that you're fine for the wedding but it was funny because it was you and like you you never had you never damaged your face like you'd be delighted with a black eye <laughs> like, look at my eye look at my eye like, I've got a black eye be delighted, like, like going around like a badge of honour so I was like that one that'll leave a mark oh yeah. I had pretty bad black eyes that week yeah. oh my god it was Absolutely, my whole face. Yeah, but you're, we, both, we both ended up pretty relatively mm. straight. So yeah, it's a good. I, I broke my nose as well when I was a teenager. How did you? Oh, well. I actually don't know. That's the thing, right? I broke it. It's doing something, playing football, maybe playing a sport, and it obviously like fused back. Oh, God, and then I was like constantly like one nostril was just like half blocked all the time. I went yeah. into the doctor. He's like, "Well, that's broken." I was like, okay. So they straightened that up and I definitely knew the second time that it was broken. Like you say, the week yeah. after, I had like two black eyes yeah. completely swollen face. And it's still a bit blocked. So thanks very much. That you didn't was... get the full fix on it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. You're just like, make sure it's straight. Yeah. Get who, it back straight. Who's yeah, your nose great. guy? I need to get this sorted. Yeah, Dr. Matthew did a good job. It was Dr. Andy, Matt, our physio yeah. Andy, who sorted me out after I had done the initial fix on myself because it was just, yeah, I couldn't wait any longer. I was like, oh my God, just push it back in. Yeah. Matt yeah. just didn't even tell me. He was just like, I literally had the noises out of her on the ground. It's <laughs> funny looking back at the time. I was like, oh, that's her face. <laughs> and then once you knew you're okay, it was just your nose. I was like, but like, even like for a blood for her nose, like they never stop the game but like Sarah Cox was the referee that day and she was like yeah there's a lot of blood here and she, just, she was like, just wailing it was, it was just there was a puddle of blood in energy park in yeah. Dalbrook 
It was disgusting. Yeah, it was pretty gross. I was so thick. It was literally the Yeah, see, you it were was, so thick as well, and I was so thick of mine. Well, mine was totally my own but fault. But it was the last game in Six Nations, 79th minute mm. of the last game, and yeah. I was like, I didn't even need to do that extra roll. I literally did <laughs> yeah. an extra roll and rolled shin into, her into the shin. nose. Yeah, it was quality. Oh, for nothing. It's a good old yeah. ping off it, yeah, to be fair. Uh, Hannah, tell us a bit about your journey to becoming a squad regular and, and your rugby journey as well. You played other sports too, as well. Yeah, like I played, like I suppose I started off, I golf was probably my my earliest sport um, and then kind of played volleyball in school mm-hmm. growing up we were, when I was in school secondary school in Galway it was a big thing mm-hmm. and then when I moved when I finished college did a year at home teaching and then moved up and got into tag rugby I think as most people kind of started off that way and then like, a few of the girls were like come play rugby like it's like the same as tag it's the same as tag mm-hmm. but we just play matches of the weekends type thing to try to lure you in and so I started off with CYM over in Terran when I was about like I'd say I was about 24 um, so I was late to it like in terms of rugby age I suppose and then loved it like never looked back and then only moved from them uh, I'd say when I was about 28 I'd say mm-hmm. did about three years with them and then moved over to Black Rock purely just to try and push on at interprovincial level um, and like it was funny like I said I play, started off playing with them as 10 I think purely because it was the only one who could kick it wasn't to do with speed or anything like that I was literally kicking <laughs> like if you can kick you can play 10 yeah so it was yeah I was in that for a while and then when I moved over to Black Rock there was this, uh, a definite change still did a bit of kicking but I was more like chasing shadows in the middle when you had quicker people up against you so I was like no I was like I'll move to the forwards I was like mm-hmm. so really enjoyed that change so did about a year playing at 12 I think for Black Rock um, I'd say it wasn't even a year actually it was probably a few months so I was like yeah lads we need to do something different here so <laughs> then made the move played at 8 and kind of have been there since with a bit of second row um, and loved it yeah and haven't looked back since and like it was funny because yeah it was an orthodox probably journey up because like had missed the cut with Leinster at interprovincial level twice mm-hmm. at, in the backs mm-hmm. and then the third year I was just like I'll give it one more go give it one more go and see what you can do and in the forwards had made it through and then had two kind of seasons with Leinster got a good few caps there and really enjoyed that and got good experience there and then kind of got called into the setup. I don't even know what 2018 was it I think it was 2018 um, for that, and then played yeah. my first cap in against Wales in November and kind of from then yeah it's kind of been and growing from that and been involved the last couple of years with mm. it and kind of getting a bit more time each time so yeah no it's been great it's uh, loving it um, and as I said the new system now and the new setup that we have in the coaching ticket is kind of changed for everybody which is good and you know as I said it's a challenge you know new systems completely new systems yeah. and way of playing but it's yeah it's challenging us as players and really enjoying it so far yeah, yeah. so it's great you were saying you have to sing a song when you get your first cap yeah is you do right? what, what do was you do? yours Hannah? oh my god mine was I think Barry Manlow Copacabana oh wow nice it, choice yeah it was nice. bizarre random choice yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was that was the most surreal thing about it is like you totally forget about the first cap song you you kind of like oh my god I do first cap song then the game comes and you're so obsessed with not making a mess of the game mm. I think the most surreal moment was probably for me was like standing in the anthems you're so used to watching the anthems every time and then you're like oh my god you're standing oh my god the... yesterday was horrendous oh listen <laughs> this is the highness that the, the anthems are sang a few weeks ago we were talking about the anthems on the yeah. show yeah. and I said the Welsh one definitely put you to sleep. Got a lot of controversy about that actually on social media. <laughs> but it was the same yesterday. But the oh. Irish one, oh my God, it could not have been any higher. Like She was a fantastic was, yeah. singer. Amazing. Unbelievable. But it's so difficult. Mm. It's so difficult to, like you can, to be fair, you can sing that high. No, I, I went in, down, I had to go down like totally like down <laughs> yeah. this, this low singing. Yeah, it. because, you, and it's the funny thing is when you're in the, or like any stadium, even when we were in Energy before, but in the RDS it's the same. The, the people up the top end, Mm-hmm. there's like a delay so like there's a complete ripple of there at one point of it and then you're coming in like on the next point of it so we're all out of sync we're all out of key 
and you're trying your best. And then the camera comes on you, and I had Emma Hubert <laughs> beside me. And, you're... and Emma was like, just scratching my shoulder. Like, yeah. <laughs> I had Catherine Dane beside me, and she's on my left. And at the end of it, she's like, You went very high there. And I was like, <laughs> I was like Well, I, it was one or the other. And when the camera came past, I think I just like brought it down a bit then to try and match with it. But yeah, it's always the guessing game of trying to hit the right note. No, we're never in. Like, These are the challenges yeah. of the game that Listen, nobody talks about. Yeah. Broken you know? noses and anthems. Yeah, broken noses and anthems. That's what it's all about. Yeah, literally. But no, it's, it's always tricky. But yeah, that's the most surreal moment I think for the first cap was like you're standing there and all of a sudden mm. you're looking out and you're the one singing it. So yeah, it was it's always the nervy. But since then you kind of build on it and you get a bit more confidence with it and, and kind of learn to embrace mm-hmm. it a bit more. Yeah, no, it's been good. We were looking out yesterday and Brian O'Driscoll was standing right in front of us yeah. and then underneath him was Michael D. Higgins. So oh, yeah, it was a nice there. little yeah, view cool. yesterday. Mm, good yeah. turnout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good no, it was very good. Are you still golfing? I, I haven't in ages and it's like almost like when I'm at home in Galway like we have a, a family business in, in the middle of town a shop and like people would come in and they'd still ask it's like almost like a death like their morning is like do you still play I'm like <laughs> I haven't been as much lately but uh, <laughs> no I always still get back into it like it's that kind of thing that you can kind of get back I do a little bit like we've gone to the range a few times pitch and putt he just shows everyone up like yeah. No, yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of fun. So yeah, Greg actually, our coach is a big golfer. Like he plays like off, I think single digits, low single digits. So he was giving me abuse. I think the lowest handicap I got to was like six, and he was like, oh. I was like, all right then. <laughs> yeah, so there'll probably be some event at some stage that we'll get to play for a bit of money. So yeah, be a bit of crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the competitiveness doesn't stop. With no, rugby. exactly. Yeah, uh, great stuff. We'll be back after this. We'll be looking forward to the rest of the women's Six Nations. Next up, it's only away to France in Paris. The front row, brought to you by the Forty Two in partnership with Guinness. All right, next weekend, you are away to France. Paris is lovely in the spring, but I feel like you probably won't be focused on that too much. Uh, What are you focusing on ahead of the France game? What are the specific things you can do to bounce back as best as possible after Wales? I know we mentioned, I suppose, it's it's such a quick turnaround Mm. that you literally are probably spending you know Monday Tuesday at work and Sunday kind of getting ready for work and then you're still doing your review almost of the game just gone and kind of picking out the the positives and then the work-ons for the coming week and then like you're literally reviewing footage so obviously France are playing today and um, so you're going to obviously watch that game a couple of times and pick up the, the bits and pieces from that that you need and then you're straight into kind of a preview mm-hmm. and you're trying to get on top of it as much as possible and kind of pick on a, you know a couple of things that we're going to look to nail down and improve on for this week um, and kind of highlight a few areas that we can hopefully kind of capitalise against them. Obviously, they're an incredibly good team mm-hmm. and we know what we're up against, but like that's the nature of the competition. Like you've obviously got England and France who are of the professional ranks, but you know, you don't use that as an excuse as such, but you know what you're up against in terms of a contest and like that's the thing you want. You want to be challenging yourself against the best that's out there and it gives us an opportunity to see where we're at and kind of add to our, our building of what we're doing and kind of scaffold a bit more and kind of kick mm-hmm. on as the, as the tournament goes on so yeah hopefully to improve on this week's performance and kind of have the same positives and then kick on a little bit more and kind of grow a little bit more together as a team so mm-hmm. yeah hopefully mm-hmm. How has it been playing against France in the past? Like they have obviously great resource great players but you've got close a couple of times and what will you need to do well that you did well those times? Yeah my first time playing France we actually beat them it was yeah. in 2017 Yeah. Um, so it's nice to even have in the back of your head that you know they are beatable they're not invincible which is good to have yeah. in that mentality genuinely thought we were going to beat them last year like I've never felt so confident yeah. after that Welsh performance in mm-hmm. round one I was 100% like sure we were going to beat them so to go out and lose in the manner that we did was really probably one of the toughest losses I've ever faced Um. 
really was difficult last yeah, year against France just because of the nature of how they you know we played so well against Wales in the first round that they probably were like oh Ireland did a bit decent. more respect mm-hmm. for us a I'd bit say, more respect yeah. for us they had a really strong team out and they were up for it um, so they probably you know that was really disappointing but I think we're going to have to I really want to right the wrongs of last year against France and that's if that's my own personal reason for if I'm selected to be you know a bit better next weekend it's just to right the wrongs of last year similarly the way Wales right at their rungs of last year yesterday with us mm. um, France are probably I think this is a controversial point here but I think France are probably more difficult to play than England because mm. they're so unpredictable mm-hmm. Wales mm. they're similar uh, to the men aren't they in the sense of when the they show Jouet, up like, the it's absolute it's like pure Jouet. and with England they're very much systematic they'll do you know you punch up the middle they'll punch they'll play then they might kick they're very much you know systematic they're big ball carriers big game line and do some things right but yeah. France you just don't know what you're going to get with them they all are ballers um, right one up to 15 and strength and depth oh my yeah. god and even like Jessie Tremillier isn't even starting with them anymore mm. like she's world, world player of the year, year. Um, to be on the bench and have someone like her come mm. on yeah. I just think France are so much more unpredictable so even mm. as someone in the backfield it's always a much busier day against France um, you just don't know what they're going to throw at you and they're so capable of doing little chips over the top grubbers through crossfield kicks and it's just totally unstructured yeah. compared to how every other team plays that's it it's the variety that they're playing that you're trying to keep up with and you're trying mm. to cover all bases and you might think that you have the, the backfield locked down from a kicking aspect and then they'll come at you through mm. sniping through the middle or they will you know they're attempt offload. yeah offload game it's there's just so many dimensions to their play that it's yeah it's going to be a real challenge in that regard French crowds always tricky loud mm. vocal you know oh, what yeah. I have you never been either, no. have you? Yeah. So yeah. 2017 was my first year, my first cap home. 2018, I was on career break. I was on career break and I went to Australia for a year. Missed that away game. 2019, home. 2020, COVID came. 2021, Six Nations, we played them in here. Oh, yeah. So I've never played France in France. So I'm actually really yeah. excited. Yeah. The girls said it's, yeah. it's a different animal. They said like that, like 40,000 people. They're like, or whatever was the last time that they had crowd in terms of the numbers that they fill out and the sound, like you can't hear anything. Mm. So it's like prepare, and we haven't prepared for that actually, even in training sessions, that volume of mm. noise, you know, having the speaker on and having crowd noise behind. Wow. So we've been doing that as well as kind of a build up, which has been a nice addition because it's, yeah, it was strange the first time I was like, it came on, I was like, what's so loud? Because we had music as warm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? What is? This? I was like, is this a song on the playlist? And I was like, oh no, that's the crowd noise. So yeah, we've had that as well. So that'll definitely help at a certain extent. But yeah, it's supposed to be incredibly loud, which yeah. is cool. Like it's just like it's like another an aspect theater. of the game that I would totally, and you know, underestimate and not realize. Of course, you're, you, it's so much more difficult to communicate when it's that loud. Oh yeah, like everything from lineouts to line in defensive line. Like it's yeah. just you forget it. Like even yesterday was brilliant. Like to have mm-hmm. the yeah. noise that was there. You're communicating through hand signals, especially yeah. the backfield where you're roaring mm-hmm. and your wingers can't hear you so it's all like thumbs up there come back push forward move right move left you're literally like a little traffic warning <laughs> here left go right Land air holes, holes, air holes yeah. <laughs> your exits are here and here yeah. <laughs> you're doing a great job <laughs> yeah. yeah it's going to be a fascinating challenge and it's just a, a really interesting tournament as well um, Greg McWilliams talking about it. we're going to hear from here just about how Wales kind of managed to close the gap in a pretty short space of time and, and it, some interesting comments from, from Greg yeah, that, that, that is the one thing I think in the women's game, I, I think it can make, you can close the gap quite quickly. I think in the men's game, it's very hard to close that gap. And I think you saw Wales come in today and in fairness to Ian, I caught up with him before the game, I caught up with him there afterwards. Like, he should be a really proud coach. I thought he did a good number on me, uh, particularly in how he uses bench and uh, yeah, fair play to, to Wales, you know. Credit to Wales. I mean, it, it was 45 nil last year, as you mentioned, and, and they've improved out of sight, really. They look fitter, stronger. They've been on their 
retainer contracts for the last few months. What's your sense of, of the championship and where teams are? Because obviously the others are prepping for a World Cup. England and France are obviously continuing to improve. Is it like that overall quality of every team improving now? I think they are because of the nature of the last few months with Scotland playing in those World Cup qualifiers. They were down in the Dubai, the games were in Dubai, yeah, it was Dubai, everyone did it. They were in the UAE anyway, playing those World Cup qualifier games. So they've had a few games under their belt. They've been in camp for quite a long time. And prep for that, yes. They rolled over from November to that. So it's kind of inconsistent for them. And then the Welsh girls, they played USA last weekend in a warm up game. So they've, I suppose, had more time together and then they've played more games together, which has obviously impacted well. And France played, the Black Ferns came over in a tournament and they played them. They played Canada. Bumper to bumper, didn't they? They did a few, there yeah. It was like the a three games in a row. They played like really, really high quality games mm-hmm. um, and absolutely smashed New Zealand, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, in, definitely in one, if not two of yeah. those games. So just the mm-hmm. high quality, the nature of the high quality games mm-hmm. that they've had as well. It's just the preparations that yeah. they have coming into it and having, it's the time. It's not that they train any more than us it's just they have more probably time to recover mm-hmm. it's their sole focus like Hannah said we'll this evening we'll just have to plan our schoolwork and mm-hmm. try and catch up on missing school from last Wednesday Thursday Friday but yeah try and do enough for Monday Tuesday and yeah. then prep ahead mm-hmm. for being out again potentially but, so yeah. it's it's you're kind of just dipping your toe in the water at the moment mm-hmm. with work while trying to keep an eye on Six Nations um, I suppose they don't have that tie just at the moment they don't mm-hmm. have the pull of, of other things they can yeah. solely focus on on rugby at the moment and in one way look it's lovely I love going back into work and actually just completely forgetting about yeah. rugby mm-hmm. yeah, just zone out pros, um, yeah. but I suppose that's what they get to do is focus full time of course mm. yeah mm. yeah they have that privilege to do that um, mm-hmm. obviously Greg McWilliams he talked about like closing the gap there and obviously the Ireland squad is in the kind of transitionary period at the moment you know it's kind of a rebuild what is the goal for this Six Nations and in the short term I suppose we're looking at the third place finish yeah, yeah. 100% like that's it like and it's obviously targeting as you said earlier like targeting those home games mm-hmm. you know we get to take a trip to Cork in a couple of weeks time and then a trip up to Belfast which is you know is going to be is going to be cool it's going to be different um, different stadiums different field but it gets us a chance and I know Nicola said it yesterday as well in her post-match interview like it gives us a chance to see fans and supporters from around the country like we're not mm-hmm. just going to be Dublin based so that's really really mm-hmm. exciting and I said the, the fact that it was a record crowd yesterday as well bodes well and hopefully that'll continue to grow now over the next two home games as well but yeah as you said like third place finish they said we're not there to make up the numbers in the competition and we do have you know um, a point to prove to ourselves in terms of that you know lack of World Cup qualification you know to mm-hmm. show what we're capable of it links in with the WXV the women's mm-hmm. global competition that's starting next year so they've broken it up into tier one and tier two and the third place finish is really important for us so that we do enter into that tier one so that we are playing high quality games against tier one nations um, because it doesn't reform then again until a further two years so you're whatever tier you're put into you stay mm-hmm. until the reform again so that's really important as well that um, those home games we're really targeting them for for that and we're going to need to get bonus point wins we're going to need a lot more against France next again we're going to need a lot more against England when we play them as well um, and targeting bonus points losing bonus points all the points that are on the board if possible just to ensure that mm. we do get that place everything at this stage is at stake yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it all feels bigger and, and better in that regard and the WXC is going to be amazing even the standalone windows class the branding around it even yeah. TikTok sponsoring it is kind of cool I don't know who the best TikTokers are in <laughs> not us anyway <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. I haven't I haven't even attempted any dancing 
but I have seen Emer's dancing and 100% not us. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just embarrassed myself more times than It's quality. It's great to watch, to be fair. Myself and Lauren Delaney had an absolute ball Lauren last has some November. horrible videos of it's, me. It's fantastic quality <laughs> stuff of us. When we were in a mobility session and we'd finished it and, and Emer was getting tutorials from the, the younger gang of Stacey, TikTokers, Stacey, May Vogue. And it was just absolutely a half an hour. <laughs> but the good thing about tic- the yeah. TikTok is just like hitting a new generation of fans. It's, mm, it's just yeah. so smart. Like whoever... Thought about it like it's just the next generation of players yeah. and getting people involved very, in it, and clever. it's where it's at. Like we're clearly not at it. We're clearly <laughs> not. We're clearly not up with it. But it's where everything happens. At it's the brilliant. Moment. Yeah, so no, it's great for it. It's brilliant. Yeah, and speaking of that, and like spreading the word, like and again I have to say props to you for being with us so soon after such a difficult defeat we might not have gotten that after a, a game from the men's Six Nations do you feel an extra onus on you to spread the word of the game especially after the reaction and the crowd you had yesterday you do you, mm. do, you feel like you're promoting it you're part of the promotion side of things as well and eventually there will be a time when we don't need to promote ourselves but mm. until then it's, you're growing the game yeah it's all about growing the game for the future like and mm. as I said you're trying to leave the jersey in a better place and you know that's that it that's all entailed and you know showing the younger supporters there that like that we're mm. very much normal and that they can see it and they can be it like because it's just there in front of them so yeah no TikTok and all that that kind of encompasses in the promos has been great yeah it's really really positive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking earlier about the effect of the the sevens um, what kind of effect does that have like halfway through the tournament when a few of your players leave your squad yeah I suppose it's just the nature of the structures of both mm. of those tournaments that there's a clash in that and the sevens girls are obviously contracted sevens players so they whichever ones are selected will be heading to ca- to Canada for that sevens tournament um, so we're great it's great that we have them yeah. for the first three games yeah. um, and it's just it's just the nature of the clashing and there's mm. nothing really that can be done because there's two really big important tournaments on mm. and they obviously have a World Cup this year so they have to do that's really really important they did so well in Malaga yeah. that they really need to build on that and mm-hmm. they have the absolute possibilities to build on that as well mm-hmm. yeah. he on the inside will just get on with it, whatever job yeah. you have at hand but I suppose from the outside it is going to be jarring again for people mm-hmm. watching the Six Nations some of their favourite players over the first three games are there scoring tries doing well and then they're gone all of a sudden and most of us watching on it's a big TV audience the crowd there a lot of 15s fans and, and maybe 7s mm-hmm. is still growing in that regard so it will be jarring again and it's been an issue in the past and finding that balance and it is tough for a squad to lose players sure. midway through a campaign so there's still that kind of um, borderline to get fully smoothed out I think in, in Irish women's rugby and there'll definitely be plenty of talking points in the media so get ready for that in the second half of the championship yeah, yeah look forward to that uh, right well that is all for this week's episode of The Front Row thanks very much to Murray Emer and our very special guest Hannah O'Connor thanks for joining us thanks to our sponsor Guinness and if you're not already subscribed to the show make sure to click subscribe on your favourite podcast app we will see you again next time Bye.